hello, welcome back to Hack, the podcast where we explore everyday psychology to help you hack your success and effectively maximize your potentials. So today we're going to be discussing the seven everyday biases that affect your productivity and success. My name is Tyler and I'm your host. I'm a behavioral management consultant with more than a decade experience working with individuals and corporations to overcome their perceived challenges in the area of performance. Thank you for joining me. So before we jump into the seven everyday biases that affect your productivity and success, I want us to start by understanding what biases are and how they affect your life. See, biases are a type of cognitive shortcut that we use to make quick judgments and decisions about people and situations. Let's say it in another way. A bias is a systematic error in the thinking that leads to incorrect conclusion and judgment. And biases are influenced by our experiences and cultural beliefs and social attitudes and they can affect our perceptions, attitudes and behaviors in both personal and professional settings. So when it comes to our personal and professional lives, biases can have a significant impact on our productivity and success. And understanding the impact of biases and how to identify them is crucial for personal growth, success, and effective decision making. See, now that we understand what biases are, let's take a look at seven everyday biases that affect our productivity and success. So number one is confirmation bias. People with confirmation bias have tendency to favor information that supports their pre-existing beliefs or opinions, and they tend to ignore or discredit information that contradicts those beliefs. For instance, an individual who supports a particular political party may overlook the flaws of that party's candidate and policies, while at the same time exaggerating the shortcomings of the opposition party. An individual who believes nothing good can come out of a particular situation or their colleague might only see everything that confirms that because this bias blinds you to the full picture. Those who hold this bias could sometimes intentionally suppress their senses from seeing other facts out there that counter their belief. Also, because they want to see their belief become a reality, they would intentionally hide evidences that speak to the contrary of their belief. Or they could even design plans to ensure that their belief about their co-worker or situation stays or becomes a fact that everyone sees. So if you already believe that a co-worker is lazy, when a co-worker makes a considerable effort on their assignment, you will fail to recognize their effort. But when they slack a little, you will amplify that because your bias blinds you to the effort. And also, if you have an information that could help them be more efficient, you might fail to share that with them because if they become efficient, that undermines your bias. You want to do everything to help your prophecy about them become a reality. You see, there's a real life danger in confirmation bias. Confirmation bias blinds you 
to the opportunity to have the full view of life and could also destroy trust between you and others. It could also lure you or other decision makers into a poor decision making process. Number two is the halo effect. The halo effect is a cognitive bias in which an overall positive impression of a person influences the way that person is perceived in other areas. This means that if an individual has a favorable impression of someone, they may attribute positive qualities to that person in other areas, even if there is no evidence to support such an attribution. For example, if someone is attractive, we generally assume that they are also intelligent and likable. And in most cases, it turns out to be not true. Another common example is, if a person has a positive impression of a famous actor, they may assume that the actor is also a good person, even if they have no information about the actor's personal life. This is why we defend our favorite TV stars and presume that they are innocent even when there are evidences that suggest that they might have committed a crime. Another example is a leader who likes a subordinate and might give them higher grades in their monthly or quarterly evaluation process, even if the subordinate does not perform well, simply because of the leader's overall positive impression of the subordinate. You see, halo effect will lead to bad decisions, such as unfair and inaccurate evaluation of people's abilities and performance. In the workplace, for example, it can result in the promotion of employees who may not be the best candidates for the job, or in overlooking of employees who may be more qualified but do not have a favorable impression. Number three is availability bias. Availability bias refers to the tendency to rely on information that is easily available or comes to mind more readily when making a judgment or decision. So if you have been on the news and in the last few days everything that's happened on the news is about terrorist attack, you might begin to think that terrorism is much deadlier than malaria. Whereas malaria is a much deadlier threat than terrorism. According to the World Health Organization, an estimated 229 million cases of malaria occurred worldwide in 2019 alone, leading to 409,000 deaths, mostly among children under 5 years of age. In comparison, terrorism-related deaths are a fraction of that number, although the exact figures can vary depending on the sources and the, the definitions that is used. Now, Availability bias is influenced by our memory and attention, as well as the context and emotional state in which the information is encountered. So if you only watch one news source, you may make decisions based on the information presented in that source rather than considering other sources. Another example is an individual who has um, recently experienced a bad flight with a particular airline might avoid flying with that airline in the future, even if they have had positive experiences with the airline in the past. In the workplace, 
Availability bias can result in incorrect or suboptimal decisions. For example, a manager might rely on the most recent or most memorable information when evaluating an employee's performance, instead of considering a more comprehensive set of data such as the employee's overall track record, past achievements, and feedback from colleagues. This can lead to an inaccurate assessment if we use availability bias to make our judgments and could potentially lead to unfair treatment of the employee. Number four is negativity bias. Negativity bias, which is quite common with, with, with all of us, refers to the psychological phenomenon where individuals give more weight to negative information and experiences than to positive ones. This means that the negative events and emotions tend to have a greater impact on our thoughts, our feelings and behaviors than positive events and emotions. For example, if you've had a bad experience with a certain brand, you may be more likely to remember that experience and avoid that brand in the future. In the workplace, negativity bias can have a significant impact on employee morale, productivity, and job satisfaction. For example, an employee may focus on their mistakes or negative feedback from their manager while downplaying their successes or positive feedback. Similarly, a manager may be more likely to focus on the errors and criticize an employee's performance than to acknowledge their strengths and accomplishments. This can lead to a negative work environment, low employee morale, and a decreased job satisfaction. On the other hand, a manager who recognizes and rewards positive contributions can foster a more positive and supportive work environment, which means that negativity bias can also affect our ability to form and maintain positive relationships with coworkers. So an employee who is quick to judge and criticize others rather than looking for the positive in their actions may struggle to build strong and collaborative working relationships. Negativity bias can also impact decision-making in the workplace. So a manager might be more likely to reject a new idea or proposal if it is presented alongside any negative information, even if the positive aspect of the proposal outweigh the negatives. So it's important to be aware of negativity bias and to work to counteract its effect by consciously seeking out and focusing on the positive in our workplace experiences, in our lives and in our relationships. Number five is the sunk cost fallacy. Have you ever started a project before and you've invested time, energy and money only to realize that the project is not viable? and the best thing is for you to stop investing. But because you have invested so much money and time and resources in it, it's difficult for you to stop. You tell yourself, maybe I should do more. Maybe a little more effort and money would change the scope of things. And you go on and on and on till you reach a dead end and you realize that you need to give up and you still won't give up. A friend wanted to buy a car once, he paid the dealer who imports. On the day the car was to arrive, he was told that there were issues that needed sorting and that he should pay a little more so they could sort the problem. Then another day, the dealer called and gave another reason and my friend kept coughing up money. 
At some point, he realized that this might be a scam. But because he had invested his this whole time, this money, this his emotions and energy, he felt maybe this last money would help. Maybe this last money would be enough to get the car home. This went on for months until he finally came to a point where he had to accept his fate and realize that he had been scammed. You see, this happens to all of us in one shape or form. And this is called sunk cost fallacy. Sunk cost fallacy is a cognitive bias that refers to the tendency to persist in a course of action because of the resources that you have already invested, even when the investment is no longer rational. So in a workplace setting, this can manifest when an employee continues to work on a project that is unlikely to meet its goals because they've already put a significant amount of time and effort into it, rather than cutting their losses and moving on to a more promising venture. The earlier we come to the realization of this bias, the more resources we will be able to save. Number six is overconfidence bias. Overconfidence bias refers to the tendency of individuals to overestimate their abilities and skills and knowledge. This bias can manifest in many different domains, including in decision-making, in performance evaluation, and in risk assessment. Overconfidence bias would result in individuals taking on more risk than is necessary or appropriate. So for instance, an employee may believe that he or she can handle a high workload, and this would lead them to take on more tasks than they can effectively, which would negatively impact their performance and job satisfaction. Now, to counter overconfidence bias in, in life and in a workplace, individuals should engage in self-reflection and seek feedback from others. It's helpful to consider the possibility of errors and limitations in decision-making and to seek out diverse perspectives and opinions, and also to know the limit of our strength and to know our weaknesses. By so doing, you can make more informed decisions and, and avoid the negative consequences of overconfidence. Number seven, which is the last one, is the micro-world bias. The micro-world bias refers to the phenomenon in which Individuals tend to focus their attention on and make decisions based on a limited and potentially unrepresentative subset of information or experiences, rather than considering a broader perspective. So a marketer who happens to know a handful of people using the product his company produces might overestimate the popularity of his company. And this might lead him to underprepare for a marketing sales pitch because he already assumes that his company and their product are well-known and popular. Our micro-world blinds us to the many possibilities out there. This is particularly dangerous in decision-making also. Now, another example is an employee who might make decisions based on their personal experience with a particular customer or colleague without considering data or feedback from others in the company, or a manager who relies heavily on his own opinions and preferences in making decisions instead of taking into account the views and experiences of 
his team members. Now, this bias can have a significant impact on the quality of decision-making in the workplace, as it may result in incomplete or distorted information being used to make decisions. Now that we have covered the seven everyday biases, let's discuss some strategies we can use to overcome them and make more informed decisions. Number one is to become aware that we are all susceptible to these biases, and this awareness will help us in self-reflection. Number two is to seek out diverse perspectives. By exposing ourselves to different perspectives, we can broaden our understanding of a situation and reduce the impact of biases. Number three is to take time to reflect. It's before making a decision, take time to reflect on your assumptions and motivation. Ask yourself, am I being influenced by biases? Number four is to get feedback from others. Ask trusted friends or colleagues for their opinions and feedbacks on the situation you are considering. This can help you see the situation from a different perspective and reduce the impact of biases. Number five is to seek out objective information. When making decisions, seek out objective information and data that can help you make an informed choice. Number six is to practice mindfulness. Mindfulness can help us become more aware of our thoughts and emotions, allowing us to make decisions from a place of clarity and objectivity. I hope this has been helpful in seeing some of the biases that may impede your success in life and at work. Thank you for tuning in. If you want us to work with you or your team on some of the issues that we've discussed, please send us a mail. And the mail address will be in the description area of this episode of the podcast. Thank you for listening and see you in the next one.